Okay, we're recording. Let's let's just start, and it's an even day, so you're starting. Let's see if we can be peasants or pesties or what what's going to come out of your mouth. Okay. Do you know? I just realized last week that that's not an insurance. That's an. Yeah, me too. I didn't know that, exactly. and I've been coming in. I have too every week, and. The sign was there. The sign's been there for a while. The giant arrow on the ground? Yeah. Have those been there? So I saw the sign last week. And, and I was it like, opened up your eyes? It did. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Kara, life is demanding without understanding. With you, the sun is shining 24-7. Cause when we're together... Feels like we're in heaven If it will get dark You'll be my million stars I know I can lean on you Welcome to episode 22 of Delete This History, a podcast by two besties of a certain age searching for answers. We are your hosts, Kara Birch. And Bria Brown. You're so far away, literally. I know. Miles and miles. We are recording this via Zoomish. We're Zooming, sort of. Teaming. We're teaming. That's right. Yeah. I couldn't think of the word. Yeah, I don't mind telling everybody that Zoom is a piece of poo and would only let us record for 30 minutes at a time. That ain't going to work for us. Hell no. It's so cold outside. How cold is it? It is so cold that I can't get the greyhounds to go outside and go to the bathroom. I don't blame them. It's, <laughs> it's booger freezing cold. Yes, it totally is. It's Wisconsin cold. We're hanging out inside, and because I'm at the house with two greyhounds and a husband, you're probably going to hear some background noise. Like, can you hear that dog drinking water right now? No. Oh, good. Excellent. Also, the um, sound quality might be a little different, so we're sorry. That's the way it goes. It can't be helped. Kara's on a headset. I have the fancy equipment, so hopefully mine won't be bad. Yeah, I didn't have the right cord to put my podcast microphone into the computer, so hopefully this is going to work all right. I wish I could have teleported my cord to you. Oh, it's okay. I've ordered one, and so if we have to do this again in the future, it probably will sound a little bit better. Yay. So this is not a this is not a permanent situation, y'all, so just stick with us. Yeah. This week was so busy for me. Yes. I don't know if it was super busy for you, but you had mentioned yesterday that we both were super quiet via text messaging this week. Yes. I wanted to kill myself. It was so busy. (laughs) And everyone around me. Mostly everyone around me. Toward the end of the week, we had someone retiring at work and... You know how that goes. Oh, yes. Those duties fall to people like me. Mm -hmm. And luckily, somebody else, Hopper, actually, did all of the planning um, because she's a nice person like that. And she's like, yeah, I'll do that. And thank goodness she did all the planning and all the purchasing and all the running. And then the day of, she just pointed me in the right direction and said, set up that, set up this, put this here. (gasps) It sounds like she has a new has a new job description. 
she did such a good job and people were going on and on and on about how beautiful it was and how nice it was and how great the food was. So, uh oh, she did it really well. I know she, that's a rookie mistake. <laughs> totally. Rookie mistake. You do a good job. <laughs> now it's her job forever. I'm worn out from that. And I didn't even really do anything. All I did was set up. I had so much, just so much. It was personal, professional, all of it. Mine was so much. It was just Peyton got his braces off this week. So that was super <gasps> exciting. Oh my gosh. Was that just this week? Yeah. It was a long week. And they had two snow days this week with zero snow on the ground, pretty much. <laughs> but it was just too cold for our precious children to go to school. Now, I will defend yesterday's cancellation because just walking from the building to my car was a nightmare. Like last night. That wind, the wind was, no, I left at like, what time did I leave yesterday? Oh, yeah, 2 o'clock, I guess. Mm -hmm. And the wind was blowing so hard. And I had on a cool, super warm Green Bay Packers stocking cap. Yeah. Like, I was totally bundled up to the like to the max and it still was so painful yeah to walk just from the building to my car yeah i get it but but tuesday was bs they should have gone to school on tuesday it looked bad you would look outside and the snow was like going sideways but nothing was sticking and it wasn't even like slippery because it, the ground was still so warm yeah the roads were pretty good yeah so okay yesterday fine we had our work christmas dinner about a month late. Yeah, just slightly delayed. This week. So we had people in from out of town at the office, and um, which was fun. And I'm not being sarcastic. It's always fun to see different people from different locations. And we went out to dinner, and it was really, really good. So people from Green Bay came down for that dinner? Yeah, because we have like a resource center manager. He's kind of our go-between. Like if we need something, we go to him. And he kind of manages us. So if, if one of us were to get into trouble for some reason, he would be the one who would have to kind of, you know, put the hammer down. So he was here. And then we had another guy um, from Green Bay here. Um, he was helping with the project that we manage out of the Springfield office. And um, like going out in the field and doing some stuff. And then we also had like a two-hour team meeting for that project the following day on Thursday. So that was another thing. I brought donuts because I'm nice. So I catered the meeting. Yum. Where'd you get the donuts? Of course I got them from Duncan because that's, that's my jam. Oh, and then last night I was supposed to babysit Quinn, but her mom was helping at their church instead because of the cold temperatures. They have people, they shelter people, unsheltered people when it's cold outside. At their church. Oh, that's nice. So she was there volunteering for that. So they didn't go to the movies last night like they were going to. So I didn't have Quinn last night. But I still don't have my Christmas decorations down. Okay, I do have Christmas decorations down, but we have become those people and the Christmas lights are still on our house. Do you turn them on every night? No. So we were until a couple nights ago. And then finally I came home from work. And I was like, I'm sick of these. 
So I came in and I turned them off <laughs> permanently because we've got them set up to come on at dusk. Yeah. And they just come on automatically. But now they're just like, we're moving on. I also had a crazy week. And I'm really glad it's over. And I know that you do not have a three-day weekend. And I'm sorry about that. I hate But you. I am very thankful for the three-day <laughs> weekend. Yeah. Peyton's probably going to get a four-day or five-day weekend because I'm sure yeah. they won't have school on Tuesday because it'll be too cold. Yeah. It will still be too cold. It is going to be so painfully cold on Monday. Yeah. The Chiefs game. Yes. Is going to be so cold. Yes. Now, this will be a little bit dated information by the time this airs, but I want to talk about it anyway. And then you listener besties will just have to deal with it. When you have your own podcast, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about and have it be as dated as you want or not. But this might be the only time we get to talk about the Chiefs being in the playoffs this year. It may be. It may be. You're yeah. right. So, Are we going to talk about that later or you want to talk about it now? Let's talk about it now. The only thing I was going to really say about it is I saw an article that they were um, altering some of the fan attendee rules. Like they can bring blankets, but when they arrive, they have to be thrown over their shoulder and there can't be pockets or zippers on the blankets. Oh. And they can bring a bottle of water, but no larger than 20 ounces. And then they can bring cardboard to stand on. Yes. Oh. Uh, and then there were a couple of things that they were just altering their rules um, to, you know, try and keep people warm. And then they're going to have warming stations outside so people can still tailgate. Why would you be tailgating? I mean, no. those are hardcore fans, I guess. No way. And then they were giving suggestions if you're bringing your kids to this game, like how how to keep your kids warm. and Who's going to bring their kid to a Chiefs game? You know people will. I mean, today. Yeah, you know people will, though. Anyway, Chiefs are in the playoffs. Wild card weekend, which is this weekend for us. Not for you guys. This is way in the past for you. And you already know if we're disappointed or yes, happy. Yes, you do. That's right. The Packers are playing Wild Card Weekend. They're playing tomorrow. They're playing the Cowboys. Scary because, um, sorry, I'm going to have to root against them. It's all right. I understand. Because I don't want anyone in my house crying <laughs> or throwing fits or tearing their jersey off or anything like that. It's going to it's it's a wild weekend of football for us. Next weekend might be a totally different story. I'm a little bit worried about the um, Packers game because it's going to be on Fox and we do not pick up Fox well at all. Well, you come it's over like and watch pixelated. it here and you and Clint can have fist fights. It'll be really entertaining. <laughs> Actually, I don't want to do that. He would be better behaved if you were here. If a, if a Packers oh. fan was here, he would probably behave better. Oh, company rules. Yes, he would be like a better sport. You know what I'm saying? But without <laughs> a Packers fan here, he's just going to be off the chain. Oh, goodness. Um, did you pay your $5.99 uh, game ticket to watch watch it on Peacock? No, because we actually have symphony tickets tonight. You're not going to watch the Chiefs game. Nope. We're not. Once we get out of the symphony, we're going to listen to it on the radio on the way home and just catch up that way. Oh, my gosh. I know. We paid a lot of money for these symphony tickets, so we're going to go. I know. you can, And you can't record those and you can't do anything like that. You'll be able to find the Chiefs game maybe on YouTube or something. 
That's kind of what I was thinking, that they would air it somewhere after the fact, like jerks. Um, someone sent me a link today, someone that I work with, and they said, oh, um, this is where you can stream it for free. I, a friend sent this to me. F that. And I was like, uh, first of all, it's going to be illegal. Second of all, it's probably going to open up your whole life to some hacker. <laughs> yeah. So... I will not be clicking on that link that he sent to me. In fact, it's already been deleted. Yeah. And so um, just it's going to it's just going to be a football game that we miss. And oh. we're just going to we're just going to send good, positive, winning thoughts to Kansas City. Well, I paid my five ninety nine um, ticket price to watch it. Um, and I'm real pissed about it. And I don't blame you. The NFL is listening. This ain't cool. It's not cool to make people pay for a full month subscription to something to watch one game. And I know that they air the Thursday night games on Amazon, but you can also get those on ABC. You can, you know, you can you can watch those games on something other than the Amazon. So, I'm just really I'm not happy about this. I think this this sucks. This is just another example of the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer and everybody being nickel and dime to death. With all these streaming fees, it's like, why why not just make, you know, make it so that nobody can watch football anymore unless they can watch it live? This is the way it's going, though. It will eventually get to the point where you have to pay to watch any football at all. It's This is just the beginning. They're, this is they're testing the waters to see how many people are like, fine, I'll, I'll pay it to watch this one game. I, I don't know. I, I could go on and on about this. I'm so mad about it. Me too. And just everything you said, I, I echo it. You know, the, their fan base, their largest fan base, are the people who can't afford to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. They've priced out their fan base for the Super Bowl, and they're going to price them all out for regular games now. Well, yeah, now they're just like, well, we got to get money from these people somehow. Oh, $5.99, that's not much. You can pay for a month of this service. for or But they, what they try to do, though, is they try to get you to, to subscribe for a whole year. Like, I signed up last night, and it was like, do you want to do this monthly? It's cheaper to do it by the year. Of course it is, mm -hmm. but no. I'm going to pay the least amount I can, and I'm canceling your ass as soon as I can. It's just so... Oh. Well, an NPR did, an art, or did a story about it, and they were pointing out that a large part of the fan base are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s, and they typically aren't streaming subscribers. No. And so, you know, they're, they said it's going to be interesting. I mean, but, I mean, nothing's going to change. They've got control of the whole thing. And if we want to watch football, we've got to do what they say. Right. Like, they, you know, it's just we're going to die mad about it. I wish everyone would protest and not subscribe to this Chiefs game. I wish I could do it, but I'm not that strong. I got to watch it. And and in the meantime, you should have seen me binging all of the Dateline. They've got like a Dateline channel that's Dateline 24-7 or something like that. And they've got a, um, of course, they have all the like A&E and all the channels that are NBC related or owned by. And so I was watching the first 48 last. I mean, I was just binging all this true crime that I could get only on Peacock. 
but then I was like, but this is it. This is all I got is today and or, or last night and then the day of the game and then fuck you. Of course, it's fuck me because I paid six dollars for a whole month and I'm going to whatever. You just watch as much as you can and stick it to them. Yeah, it doesn't matter how stupid I am. Anyway, we're not here to um, <laughs> rail at the man too much. Sometimes we are. Um, we're here to share our internet search histories with our listener besties. Yes, and we are going to do that with the reading of the lists. It is an even week, so you go first. Yes, even Steven. Here is my super boring list for the week. It's okay. It's not just not my best because I was so busy this well, week. Well, that's fine because we talked so much about football and all that other stuff. So quick searches. Let's go. All right, number one, stinger injury. Number two, strange state laws. Number three, when was the board game Clue created? Number four, who is the host of the new Yankee Workshop? You only have four. I only have four. You're a slacker. All right, here we go. <laughs> my searches weren't that great either, but you know what? I picked five. All right, because that's my job. <laughs> I can't hear you laughing because you're muted. Number one, the liking gap. Number two, Sunday Night Football Maria Taylor Baby. Number three, Iris One Eye Massager. Number four, Brickfest 2024. Number five, Jack the Ripper Polish DNA. Ooh. Are you ready to play a little game that we like to call... Search, Search me. me. <laughs> Super hard to do online. Today, because you were a good sport and listened to a lot of my searches about state symbols for <laughs> over two podcasts, you are playing for the State of Missouri official symbol coloring book. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be great. I hope there's a dinosaur. There better be a dinosaur in there. You better believe there's a dinosaur in there. Sweet. Oh, you know what? I didn't send you a picture of my searches. I'm going to put mine in the in the chat. Well, stop being super smart and helpful. Okay, I'll do that too. Oh, mine's huge. That's what she said. Look how big. You're so look old. Big Is that how is. big you have yours typed? <laughs> Yes. I'm using a 14 font because I, I like it. I see that. Okay. It's like... It's that is being, a riot. It's being screamed at me in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> Which of my searches originated while I was watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Oh. Um, when was the board game Clue created? No. Think about what Brooklyn Nine-Nine is. Yeah. Oh, duh. Strange state laws. You know what, though? I see where you're going with Clue, though. That was a really good guess. It didn't even click with me that that, <laughs> that would be misleading. My apologies. That's all right. I don't I don't even know. It was something in an episode I was watching. They were talking about weird laws that don't make any sense. And so I thought, I wonder what strange state laws are out there. And so, of course, I found some. 
So I'm going to read you a few from a few states. Okay. In Wyoming, you cannot be intoxicated while you ski. Mm, that's a good rule, though. In Washington State, Skamania County, to be specific, they passed a law in 1969 deeming that slaying of Bigfoot is a felony and punishable by five years in prison. <laughs> that law, <laughs> it was later amended designating Bigfoot as an endangered species. Okay. Or a non-existent species. I don't know. In Vermont, it's illegal to prohibit clotheslines. In Texas, you can be get married by proxy. Oh my gosh. You know what? That's a lot. That is legal in more than just Texas. I heard about that recently. I don't even, I can't even begin to trace where I heard it because I've been listening to so many different podcasts and so many different things. But I heard about that recently. I think there was somebody, a royal or something in Europe back in the day who was married by proxy to somebody. So this says in Texas, if you've got a legit reason, like um, you're in the military, yeah, you can send someone in your place as long as you have all of the right documentation. Wow. Okay. In Fargo, North Dakota, no person, firm, or corporation shall exterminate pigeons without first having obtained a permit from the Fargo Health Department. Mm. And never in a wood chipper. <laughs> That's my Fargo joke. In New Mexico, for over a century, um, New Mexico law stipulated that idiots were ineligible to vote. And what was the definition of an idiot? So that was discriminatory language for people who were referred to as mentally disabled. I see. That law was uh, repealed in 2016. Oh my gosh. It was on the books until 2016? Yes, I think somebody just ran across it and thought, oh, we should probably clean this up. Oh, my gosh. Okay. In Louisiana, it's illegal to wrestle bears. In Hawaii, billboards are illegal to preserve the beauty of the state. I, I approve of that Hawaii bill or law. Agreed. I wish that we would take all the billboards down in, in Missouri. Wouldn't it be so much nicer without all those stinking they billboards? so trashy. So trashy. Uh, in Arkansas, while technically not illegal, they did pass legislation discouraging incorrect pronunciation of the state name. The, like you can't say Arkansas, or they would prefer you not say Arkansas. <laughs> I say it all the time just to be silly. I do too. I totally do too. That one that's made me laugh. Oops. In Alaska, if a hunter takes a moose... Certain parts of the animal, including the head, heart, liver, kidney, stomach, and hide, are legally required to be salvaged for human use. Mm -hmm. So think buffalo slayings back in the day. They only took them for their hides. Ah, uh, yes. You have to use all of it. Yeah. If you take a moose, you have to use it all for human, or human use in some fashion. You got to use that bone char for that sugar. Do it. Make some candy. Oh, and I was going to say make make some candles with some of the fat. Yeah. Moose candy. Moose candles. 
That moose, candle smells a little strange. Moose candy candles. Oh. <laughs> TM. 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 <laughs> Don't anyone steal that? Um, so that's uh, that's all I recorded for today's entertainment, and my source was uh, USA Today. <laughs> awesome, Kara. Today you are playing for this teeny tiny pin to go on your pin board. Bibliophile. Yes, it says bibliophile. I love it. Your question is. Which search resulted from a picture that you sent me that made me so jealous and almost resulted in my first impulse buy of 2024? <laughs> you should have gone with that feeling. <gasps> the Iris One Eye Massager. Oh my gosh. That thing looks like the bomb. It's incredible. Tell everyone how it feels because you would know more about this than anything I could have found on Amazon looking at these models. Because you actually have one and you've used it. So when I first saw it, a friend of ours sent it to us. This is nothing I would have ever bought for myself, even though I have looked at them before. Oh, really? Yeah, I have because I, I have migraines every now and then, not as often as I used to. And so I was looking for things to help with that. Um, and my friend, our friend in Kansas City, he also has migraines. And so he bought one to help with those. And it looked like... It, when I first saw the box, I thought it was um, like a virtual game. Yeah, it looks like a VR headset thing. You hit a couple buttons on it and it starts to inflate. And so it, it, cre it, it hits at pressure points like on your temples and below your eyes and above your eyes like on your brow bones. And it, it inflates and then you can choose how um, strong the pressure is and which is really great yes and it after it has a cycle and so it goes through a cycle and it'll turn itself off and you can of course restart it and cycles about 15 minutes i think but i don't know for sure because i fall asleep every time <laughs> <laughs> even when i am not even sleepy this thing puts me to sleep so relaxing it's and the very cool other part of it is you can it has bluetooth and so you can connect your phone to it and i've been using apple music they've got um a playlist called sleep sounds well that's why you're falling asleep nim, well nim. i just did that for the first oh. time though <laughs> i just i just was like how can i elevate this because it ain't good enough oh right so now i'm piping in sleep sounds from apple music and but it has its own music but it's just a repeat, and after a while, it's kind of like, I want something different. Mm. Then it also has a vibration option. Oh, my gosh. It is just like someone is standing there just massaging your face. Oh, my gosh. I, I think I need one. The I was looking at one of the models, too. It comes with a sleep mask that has the speakers that are that rest over your ears. So that, like a Bluetooth sleep mask so that you can listen to... You know, all night sleep whispers to listen to sleep whispers. <laughs> <laughs> Iris is spelled, and I love that it's Iris like your car. But anyway, Iris is spelled E-Y-E-R-I-S. 
one eye massager for those who want to look that up. I, um, my source for this was Amazon. And Kara Birch. And Kara Birch. Correct. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for some shared history time? I 100%. I am ready for shared history time. Okay. Let's share our internet search histories with our bestie listeners. I'm going to talk about stinger injury first because this kind of goes along with football. It does. You hear it a lot in football. Oh, it looks like he just had a stinger. Yeah. I feel like I've heard it more often this year than any previous year. Am I nuts? Well, I don't know. I haven't heard it anymore often, but. Okay. Maybe I'm paying attention more or something. I don't know. But um, so I looked that up because I didn't know what they meant. And I have had stinger injuries. <laughs> have you? Yeah, I totally have. So it's an injury that occurs when nerves in the neck and shoulder are stretched or compressed after an impact. Um, so not in football or anything like that, but I did in volleyball. And I did when I fell one time um, at work. Oh. I didn't know. I didn't know. But um, it's a common injury for contact or collision sports. And the name comes from a stinging or burning pain that spreads from the shoulder to the hand. It can feel like an electric shock or a lightning bolt down the arm. In most cases, burners and stingers are temporary and symptoms go away quickly. The nerves to the arm branch out of the spinal canal at the neck join together to form a large bundle of nerves that are called the brachial plexus. Mm. And an injury to the brachial plexus can cause the burner or the stinger. And that often happens when the head is forcefully pushed sideways or down. It bends the neck and pinches those surrounding nerves. Ah. A small spinal canal may put a contact player at greater risk for burners or stingers. Oh. Athletes with recurrent stingers, um, stinger injuries, may have smaller sp spinal canals than players who do not suffer stingers as a recurrent injury. This condition is called spinal stenosis, and it can be congenital or degenerative, meaning that it narrows due to wear and tear as you age. Huh. How interesting is that? Yeah, there you go. My sources were American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons and Merriam-Webster. Yeah. It's interesting to know what causes that. That it's all the way up at the neck, really, that it happens. Eey. My first search is Sunday Night Football, Maria Taylor Baby. So, still talking about football. Those of you who hate football are loving this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but this isn't really about football. This is just uh, Maria Taylor. She is the host of the Sunday night pregame show on NBC, the network we are very pissed off at right now. Um, and if you watch that pregame show at all, you'll know, unless you're really unobservant, that she was pregnant this season. And so she had her baby in December and he is a cutie. I always told Sean, she did the most, I don't know who dresses her or if she's dressing herself, but it was always so crazy camouflaged. Yeah. Yeah. You had to really be, I mean, you could tell that she was, but yeah. Of course. It was very but well it wasn't, done. Yeah. But everything she wore was super form fitting. Mm-hmm. But it still was just like, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It was like well, an optical illusion. Well, straight on, you couldn't tell because she wasn't like wide. It was all just in front. 
Mm-hmm. And so she had to turn sideways for you to tell that it was sticking out. <laughs> that is not how I would look if I got pregnant. Oh my gosh, that's not how I looked with any of my kids. Anyway, his name is Prince Roman. Congrats to Maria and her lovely husband. I hope they enjoy those cuddly months and some and some time off because, man, it is not easy to be pregnant and work and especially at that job. I mean, she was she didn't just do Sunday night football like she was all over the place and she would go out and she would interview players. And so she was traveling. And but when I was looking at her pictures of her on set at Sunday night football, it reminded me so much of all the times that we worked with preggers people at the TV station. (laughs) myself included it just reminded me of joy and kelly and who who else there was oh sonia sonia yeah twice with sonia and just all the times that all the things that you have to go through anyone way when you're pregnant you just feel you're so uncomfortable of course maria taylor looked amazing the whole time like she was just having a, a blast with it but a lot of people, it is not a pleasant experience. So, yeah. And then to be on TV, ugh, no, no, thank you. Prince, Prince Roman? Yes, Prince Roman. That is quite a name. He's adorable. He looks like, um, you'll just have to look it up on Facebook. He, he already looks like a toddler. Like he's a newborn who looks like a toddler. <laughs> oh my God. Like in the face, like his features. He doesn't have that weird newborn creepy look he's just really he's a really beautiful baby creepy look newborns are weird (laughs) well they've been through a trauma yeah they have that's it my source was facebook okay um the next one i'm going to talk about is the board game clue and when it was created i love clue I do, too. And I'm so glad that you love Clue and you're familiar with it because it will make this a lot more interesting and fun because I have some questions for you, like quizzes, if you will. So what prompted this search was Sean, of course, is cleaning out his dad's house and ran across a bunch of their childhood board games. And he brought home a whole bunch of them. Taboo, Outburst, and Clue. And then one called Advertising. Oh, my. It's super old, and it is so dated because it's like you guess old advertising slogans. Oh, my gosh. That would be so hard. It's like from the 70s and the 80s. It's hilarious. We were trying to look at some last night, and we're like, I think we're going to get rid of this one. But it may be worth something, so we're going to check it out and see if we can sell someone. So anyway, he brought Clue, and we already have a Clue set from my childhood that I took, but it's not complete. There are a few pieces missing. So he brought his here thinking it was incomplete, and then we could put two together, but his is complete oh. 100% all the way. But they look different. His is a different version from mine. Really? Newer or yes. older? I don't know. I didn't check the dates. I think his is a little bit newer. Um because I think the one I have is from like 1979 or something Holy like that. Holy crap. I don't know. But his the pictures and the characters of the picture characters are different. Mm-hmm. So that got me wondering when it was created. And so for those of you that don't know, Clue is a detective game. And so the board shows uh, like, I don't know, seven or eight different rooms. 
and you have to roll the dice and then you go from room to room and based on the cards in your hands and the cards that you learn from other people that are in their hands you have to deduce who did it and with what weapon mm -hmm. and in what room mm -hmm. it's a murder mystery game it totally is which leads me to how it was invented it was devised by a brit they call it over there cluedo they call it cluedo yes yeah. so anthony pratt is who came up with the idea in 1943 he was sheltering at home during air raids during world war ii and uh he got to thinking about this murder mystery game that he and his friends used to play as kids called murder <laughs> So, you know, while you're hiding from bombs, your mind just gets to working on other things. Like, let's not think about these bombs falling from the sky. Yeah. So he thought it would be fun to turn that into a board game. So he drew inspiration from that game and then from the works of Agatha Christie and other cozy murder mystery books. Yeah. Bria loves. Bria loves those. I do. In 1944, he applied for a patent for the game and he, has, he and his wife presented it to Waddington's who was an English game maker. They immediately purchased it and called it Cluedo, which, which is a, a combination of the words clue and Ludo, and with, that's a Latin word for I play. Although the patent was granted, um, post-war shortages postponed the game's official UK launch until 1949. It was simultaneously licensed to Parker Brothers in the U.S., and they renamed it Clue. Um, there were several differences between Pratt's original concept and the first published version. In particular, Pratt's original design had 10 characters. And there are not 10 characters now. Can you name all of the characters? Okay, there's Colonel Mustard. Yes. Miss Scarlet. Yes. Uh, Mr. Green. Yes. Or miss, is it Mrs. Green? No, Mr. No, Green. No, you've got it. Yeah. Yep. Mrs. White. Right. Two more. Um, Miss Peacock. Yay! <laughs> and, okay, what color am I missing? Your favorite color. Oh, Professor Plum. Professor Plum. The original 10 characters included the eliminated Mr. Brown, Mr. Gold, Miss Gray, and Mrs. Silver. Mrs. White used to be Nurse White, and Colonel Mustard used to be Colonel Yellow. Now, right now in the current Clue game, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, there are nine rooms. Ah. In the original concept, there were 11 rooms. The two rooms they eliminated were called the gun room and the cellar. Oh, well, those would have been great. I agree. Can you name the current rooms? Mm, nine. That's a lot. Okay. So I, I know there's the library, the conservatory. Yes. yes. The, the kitchen is one of them. The study. The study. The sitting room. The lounge. The lounge. I knew it had to be some kind of a living room situation. The lounge. And then where do you dance? Oh, the ballroom. Where do you eat? Oh, the dining room. Yes. And then you play a game in this room. 
Mr. Darcy likes to play. Oh, the the billiards room? Yes. Yeah, okay. And then finally, the hall. Oh, the hall. And not to be included in the rooms are the secret passages that you can travel through from corner to corner on the board. Right. They should have kept the cellar and got rid I of agree. the hall. I agree. The cellar is super cool and creepy. The weapons, they had some that were eliminated from the original uh, concept, and those were the bomb. Oh, my God. <laughs> the syringe. Ooh. The shalala. Oh. Which is like, you know, like a cudgel kind of a thing. Uh-huh. The fireplace poker. Oh, my gosh. Poison. And the axe. Oh, damn. Are you going to ask me to name the weapons now? Okay. The rope. The knife. Yep. Yep. The um, candlestick. Yes. The, um, oh, there's a gun. A revolver, I think yep. is what it is. Revolver, yes. That's right. And Two um, more. Why am I blanking? I've played this game so many times. Give me hints. Oh, you and I need to play this. Okay. Um, you would fix um, plumbing. Oh, with a this wrench. One. The wrench. Yep. And, oh. The lead? Oh, the lead pipe. That's the best yes! one. <laughs> I I wish they had kept the syringe. That's pretty cool. I really like the fireplace poker. I think yeah. it's hilarious. <laughs> um, so some gameplay aspects were different as well. The uh, most notably, the remaining playing cards were distributed into rooms to be retrieved rather than being dealt directly to players. So that changed. That's about it. My sources were headfirstevents.com and Wikipedia. That's really cool. Yeah, I love Clue. We should definitely play soon. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we need to get that yeah. um, as a game night situation. We have two versions. We have an old version, like a, the original, and then we've got an electronic version electronic yeah you like set like it a up video game no no it it just has like sound effects and all kinds of things like on the board oh my gosh that is cool my next search is the liking gap okay now this is kind of a lengthy one are you ready i'm so ready okay i was listening to hidden brain and i love that podcast but i get behind it behind on it all the time because I have to be in a certain brainy, nerdy mood to kind of listen to it. Because you really have to listen. Because it's a thinking kind of a show. Anyway, um, Shankar's guest was talking about the liking gap. Which is the disparity between how much a person believes that another person likes them. And that other person's actual opinion. So it's about your perception about how, how much other people like you. And usually people think that other people like them less than they actually do. I don't know. Do you think about that a lot? Okay. I'm trying so to think how much I think about that. I started, I was, you know, when I was listening to this, I was like, well, maybe I have a big ego, but as this person was describing how she often comes away from interactions with new people, feeling like they don't like her as much as she likes them, or that she didn't make a good impression on the other person, I was thinking... I don't really have that experience very often. Like maybe I just don't meet enough new people. 
Or maybe I just don't care. <laughs> I don't know. I have, I never think that. I never walk away from meeting a new person thinking, oh gosh, I hope they liked me. Yeah. Or, or I really liked them, but I bet I didn't come off as good as they came off or whatever. I don't know. It's not that I think everyone loves me, but I don't ever think that they hate me or that they feel any way about me either way. I tend to think however I feel about them, they feel about me. So I, I feel like my liking gap is pretty narrow. The interesting thing that also came up in some of the studies she's done is that little kids have a non-existent liking gap. They don't care what other people think of them. They don't really have a concept of a reputation or that anyone would think differently of them than they think of themselves. And so they don't, they don't acquire that until like school age. And then even then it's pretty narrow until they get to middle school, junior high slash high school. And then your, your liking gap is huge in the teenage years because you're very self-conscious and you really care what other people think about you and you think that other people are really judging you and that all your flaws are really apparent and obvious. And then your liking gap narrows again as you get older. So which probably explains why mine feels pretty narrow right now because I'm in the autumn of my years. <laughs> I will say I did use to care what people thought of me. And I just, I, I mean, I do to some extent now because I'm a human, but for the most part, I mean, I'm not trying to make any friends at this point. No. I, and I, it's funny because I might come away from an interaction with somebody like a stranger. Okay. Like let's say in a store or whatever, and you, I don't know, just have a glancing interaction with someone. And I might come away from that, like thinking, God, I sounded like an idiot just now or, <laughs> or what a moron but then like it's a race like five seconds later i don't really care yes it fades so fast i don't obsess or or think about it whereas when i was younger like in my teens and 20s man i could take an interaction where i said something kind of weird and i could nitpick it and i could go home and obsess about that and i should have said this and i should have said this and oh but what if i had said this and i can't believe i said that and I would just obsess and blush, like physically blush, just remembering what I had said to somebody. I would do the same thing. But man, I tell you, around 35, I just don't care. There's just not enough bandwidth. To <laughs> and it's it's very freeing to not have to use that bandwidth on things. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter at all. So I was thinking, okay, so what makes, you know, what determines that liking gap then? Is it how much you care about what the other person thinks of you? Or is it just how in tune you are to what the other person thinks? Probably a combination of both of those things. Because um, I know a lot of people who just cannot read a room. They do not know how to read a room at all. Uh-huh. I know people like that, too. Yeah. And they do not know how to just, like, even take nonverbal cues from other people like, you need to shut up now. So I wonder what their liking gap is like. Like, what do they walk away from interactions like that and think, oh, my gosh, I just blew that. Or those people think I'm such a moron. Or they, no. Usually people like that are just kind of like, 
Doopy doo. I'm awesome. Everyone thinks I'm awesome. There was another more fascinating concept that she brought up, and that's how much we notice other people in public versus how much we perceive other people noticing us. So I'm a people watcher, but I don't really think about other people looking at me. I feel like I'm I'm at an age and I'm, I'm in a social demographic right now where I'm pretty invisible. Like people don't look at me. I'm not young enough or pretty enough or skinny enough to be like someone's sex bait or something like that. I don't know how else to describe that. So I feel like like people just don't notice me out in public. I just kind of blend into the background. I I feel the same. I'm unkidnappable. (laughs) (laughs) This is interesting because according to the research, everyone notices everyone else equally a lot. So if you're people watching, others are also people watching and they're watching you. But everybody, typically, unless you're like socially, really socially awkward or inept, people are really good at hiding it. So you don't get caught looking at other people most of the time. Right? Think about it. Oh, no. Mm -mm. I'm an expert. Yeah, you watch people and you know when they're about to look over at you or whatever and you look away well other people do the same thing like we're not but nobody thinks about that nobody thinks about how good other people are at surreptitiously watching people but that being said nobody most of the time nobody's really caring about stuff at the granular level like you know when you leave the house and you're self-conscious about something like oh my gosh these pants are way too tight or uh, my hair looks terrible today And people are going to judge me for it. Most of the time, those aren't the things that people are focusing on when they're observing others. That's what the study shows. I'm trying. Okay. I'm trying to decide what I notice when I'm people watching. It's usually not a judgy thing. And it's usually not what the person themselves is self-conscious about. Yeah. It's typically like just their behavior. Like what, where are they going? What are they doing? What do they drive? I like to watch people walk from a store and try to guess what vehicle they're going to climb into. And like 70% of the time, I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what they're going to drive and they get into something that I'm like, what? <laughs> they must have borrowed that from their neighbor. <laughs> so you're making, you're, you're making economic judgments on people. Well, not economic, just like that looks like a person who would drive a pickup truck. Oh, I see what you're saying. That looks like a person who uh, definitely has a Hummer. Yeah. And so if they get in a car that you're not expecting, then you're thinking they must be just borrowing that car from somebody. Yeah. Not because they can't afford it, but just because. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Not because of that. Just. The way, usually, like, what they've purchased, what they're wearing, how fast they walk, how slow they walk, what they're doing as they walked. You know, are they looking at their phone? Are they talking on their phone? Are they with kids? Like, you know, there's a lot of factors. It's stupid. It's a Kara Birch game that is, I probably shouldn't have told anybody. But I. (laughs) I'm going to start doing that. 
like, you will be surprised so often. <laughs> this one day, we were at Sam's, and we uh, we had left. We were loading our car up. This has been years ago. And this guy, he was so tall, the tallest dude. And he, he had some muscles, too. He was just a big dude all around. He got into a smart <laughs> anyway, my my sources for that were Hidden Brain Podcast and Psychology Today. All right. My next search is who is the host of the new Yankee Workshop? So Sean and I were tooling around on YouTube and I saw New Yankee Workshop and I saw the guy's face and I grew up with New, new Yankee Workshop. I have no idea what this is. It's a PBS show. Oh. Because we watched PBS almost exclusively <laughs> growing up. So this old house, did you ever watch this old house? Yes. So Norm Abram. Yes. Not Bob Vila. Yes, yes. Bob Vila was the, the host that was a dick. And Norm Abram was the master carpenter that would... Like he was kind of a co-host, but he also did the work. I don't I don't know if Bob Vila could do anything but host. Norm Abram um had a spin-off from this old house. And it was called the New Yankee Workshop. So I just saw that video and I was like, God, I cannot think of that guy's name. And it was driving me crazy. So I looked it up. And so once I looked it up, I learned some stuff about Norm Abram, which is a I mean, people might find this really boring. But I don't find it boring because I grew up with this show. And so <laughs> you guys have to listen to it. <laughs> so Norm is a master carpenter. He's published several books and lots of articles about the craft. He was born in Woon Socket, Rhode Island, and was raised in Milford, Massachusetts. His dad was a carpenter and passed along his knowledge and skill to his son. And Norm first worked on a work site at the age of nine, uh, helping his dad install hardwood floors. And then he worked with his dad during summer vacations all through high school and college. Um, and he went to college to study mechanical engineering at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. And he found theoretical engineering courses to be uninteresting. So he switched to studying business administration and then realized he enjoyed practical hands-on work, left UMass just short of finishing his degree. So after he left college, he worked for three years for this multi-million dollar New England-based construction firm and then went into business for himself um, with general contracting. And um, he got a construction job building a small workshop in the backyard of television producer Rutt Russell Marash, I think is how you say his last name, M-O-R-A-S-H. This guy produced Julia Child's show, The French Chef, on WGBH-TV in Boston. He was so impressed by Norm's small scrap pile and efficient work habits that he invited Norm to help with the renovation of a rundown Victorian house in Dorchester. A camera crew recorded the whole process, and that is how this old house started. So he brought together Bob Vila, he brought together Norm Abram, and um, it appeared as a regular show. And so Norm became a fixture on the show because he was so good. So then, 
let's see, what year was that? That started like around 1980-ish, somewhere right in there. And so then in 1988, they planned the spinoff of the New Yankee Workshop, and they needed a convenient place to videotape this. And so they used the building that he built for this guy as the basically studio for the New Yankee Workshop, which I thought was really interesting. So um, that program showcased furniture or you know other wood projects and emphasized classic elegant designs made from using a combination of just like simple hand tools to also using power tools. And that was on the show for 21 years. Whoa. Norm's fondness for plaid shirts is well known. He had a plaid shirt on every single episode of This Old House and New Yankee Workshop. And it was parodied by as the character Al Borland on Home Improvement as portrayed by Richard Karn. Mm-hmm. And then in yeah. May of... 2022 it was announced that after 44 years norm was going to retire from this old house he's on that show for 44 years and then had that second show for 21 years good gravy so anyway now he lives with his wife and she is a skilled potter oh and so they built a house and he wrote a book about his experience building that house and they're just living the, you know, good retired life. So who's the new host? So that guy took over. He's actually really good, and he's been doing that for years. And it was a guy, I can't remember his name, I'm really sorry. But he owned a house that they renovated on this old house. And he was so good on camera while they were renovating it, they ended up hiring him as the host after Bob Vila either retired or they fired him or he quit or whatever. So I think his name's Steve something, but he is really good. He's real charismatic and very just down to earth and comfortable on camera. Yes, I know. I know who that is. I can't I can picture him, but I don't know his name. But I've I've often thought he is so much better than Bob Vila. Oh, I've got a dog (laughs) running through the room. Hi, Betty. My sources were thisoldhouse.com and Wikipedia. That's not a dog. That's a horse. (laughs) my next search is jack the ripper polish dna i was listening to mysteries abound um he had a blurb on there from 2019 almost five years ago and it was like a gut punch he said that they've identified who jack the ripper was based on new dna evidence how did i not hear about this in 2019 that's crazy and where did they get the DNA? Just hang on a minute. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have failed my true crime-loving heart by not knowing about this ahead of time. But anyway, according to USA Today at the time, which was March 2019. Now, bear with me here, y'all, because this is going to be a lot of quoting from sources. Researchers say they have finally unmasked Jack the Ripper, the infamous serial killer who terrorized London in the late 1800s. A forensic investigation published in Journal of Forensic Sciences has identified the killer as Aaron Kosminski, a 23-year-old Polish barber and prime suspect at the time. But here's why I think this wasn't bigger news, maybe, or maybe this is why it hasn't become part of the official Ripper history. There are a lot of people who don't agree with 
the science that says that this that this solves the case okay so from science.org quoting the results come from a forensic examination of a stained silk shawl that investigators said was found next to the mutilated body of Catherine Eddowes, the killer's fourth victim, in 1888. The shawl is speckled with what is claimed to be blood and semen, the latter believed to be from the killer. Well, it wouldn't be from her. Anyway, um, the test compared fragments of mitochondrial DNA the portion of DNA inherited only from one's mother, retrieved from the shawl with samples taken from living descendants of Eddowes and Kosminski. The DNA matches that of a living relative of Kosminski, they conclude in the Journal of Forensic Sciences. However, this is where I'm not quoting anymore. One expert in mitochondrial DNA says this kind of analysis can only exclude a suspect. So Kosminski wasn't excluded, but neither were thousands of others living in London at the time. Others say the shawl could have become contaminated over time. So it's a controversial conclusion, to say the least, and the fact that it's not talked about more and that this guy isn't named as Jack the Ripper in everything written on the topic since 2019 is a huge sign that it's not as, you know, it's not as much of a slam dunk as some of the researchers wanted to claim it was. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, surely we can solve this. It is super weird that it hasn't been definitively solved at this point. I mean, maybe there's just not enough evidence remaining. I just thought that was really interesting, and I was like, oh my gosh. My sources were that podcast, USA Today, and science.org. So was that your last search? No, I have one more. Okay. Well, I don't have another one. So oh, that's you have right. To you're out. In. Okay. So my last one is Brickfest 2024. Okay. So that actually is one of the searches in my, but what about this one segment? Oh, is it really? So we could probably share this search. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> if you hate Lego and you hate football, this is not the episode for you. Brickfest 2024 is making a stop in Springfield at the end of February. And who's going? You and me. Us. These besties. I'm super excited. I am excited too. Are you ready to dig through bins of Lego that others have touched with their dirty paws? I've already got my rubber gloves ready to go and my M95 mask. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> and lots of hand sanitizer. Um... So here's what's on tap at breakfast. Yes, yes. Lots of Lego sculpture, sculptures that will blow our minds. A giant brick pit to dive into. That would hurt. AKA germ pit number two. It's like a ball pit, but it can. it's a pit that has 200,000 Lego bricks. That would hurt so bad. I would think so. Anyway, um... Contributing to the following displays. A floor mural, a large or large table displays, and a graffiti wall. Also, you can create mosaic art, build and race your own creation in a 35-foot long track, and then see people dressed up in costumes. Hey Kara, it's gonna be lit. You know what that <laughs> means? So I learned this recently. <laughs> I, I do want to say 
that I did know what lit meant, but for some reason, the way that you said it, lit pictures, my brain was trying to, <laughs> like, I thought that was a type of picture. <laughs> literature, literature pictures. I was so confused. <laughs> But I do know what lit meant. And incidentally, since we're touching on that subject, I did look up Biden's cake and I about peed in my pants. It's so funny. It was the funniest picture. Yeah. Brickfestlive.com was, was my source there. Okay, but what about this one? Here's a quick listing of our other searches from the past week that we didn't have time to discuss in this episode, but we'll possibly cover in a future bonus episode. No, we won't. Probably not. Anyway, Kara, what are your what about this one searches? Here we go. Meal train. How to darn a sock. Texas caviar recipe. Melissa McCarthy commercial with whales. Jimmy John's menu. Breakfast live. Hallmark keepsake ornaments value. Winter Reading Challenge, Poker Hand Rankings Chart and Cheat Sheet, Share Christmas Album, Card Games for Two Players, King's Corner Rules, and Greyhound Pet Adoption Springfield. Awesome. You know what? <laughs> that Share Christmas Album, all I could think of was, do you believe in Santa Claus? <laughs> <laughs> It's just her modifying. Perfect. <laughs> just her modifying her existing songs to sound Christmassy. That would be the best song ever. Kind of like um, on Love Actually, if you really love Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Come on and let it snow. Do you have any listener shout outs? So I kind of do. I looked at our analytics. Yeah. We've got a few. I know we've mentioned some cities before. Mm -hmm. Downloads, countries, cities, what have you. Um, but I feel like we have some new ones, maybe. Okay. That have been added to the list. So I wanted to shout out to Armenia. Oh, that's a good one. Now, I think we've talked about Sydney, Australia. Maybe. We have five whole downloads in Sydney, Australia. I think it's because of that episode that was so Australia heavy. Now, of course, we know there are downloads lots and lots in Belgium. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Camrose, Canada. Etobicoke, Canada. I totally just, I butchered. They love you. They love you there. Uh, Tanta, Egypt. I think we've talked about Egypt before. Yes, because we were like, huh? Yeah. Two in Paris. Wee <gasps> wee. Oui, oui, huh? <laughs> I think that's from all the France talk. Like, we had so many episodes where we were talking about France. You notice there's only two downloads. They probably listened <laughs> to those two episodes and were like, these people suck. Now, there was a third in France, but it was in Bill Codine. Wow, I bet it's beautiful there. One download in India, seven in Indonesia, two in Dublin, Ireland. We have two in Mexico. I don't know if we'd talked about that one before. One from Warsaw, Poland. Yes. One from the Russian Federation. 
Oh my. Oh no. <laughs> One in Singapore. Eleven in Zimbabwe. Eleven What? in Zimbabwe. That's interesting. Question. How many total downloads have we had? Oh, stand by. 1,589 downloads. That's crazy talk. So this kind of um, ties into my shout out for this week. Is that right? Yes, because the two people who were in town this week from Green Bay didn't want to talk to me hardly about anything else except a podcast. <laughs> and they kept teasing me about the podcast, first of all. But they also asked me about it because listener bestie Alex J is one of our biggest like fan supporters slash tells everybody they're like oh yeah i heard about it from alex and the other guy said oh yeah me too <laughs> <laughs> so alex wasn't here but she's spreading the word yes she she's like our marketer up there in green <laughs> bay she tells everybody but um they were teasing me and they said well how many listeners do you have one of the one of the people was teasing me and asking me that and i thought Listen, bub, I said, we have people listening to us that we don't know. Okay. And that is freaking amazing. Yeah. I said, it's, it's not just our parents and our family and, and coworkers. None of my family listens. Not oh. a single one. <laughs> I have a lot of family who listens. I also have a little P list this week. <gasps> yes. We haven't had one in a while. Okay, here we go. Um, it's pretty short and it's there seems to be a theme here. Population of the Maldives in 2024. Molly Molly Maldives population. <laughs> Jason Momoa. All kings of Bohemia. 2,500 kilometers in miles. And Potosi City in Bolivia. What is he going to be when he grows up? I don't know. But you know what I just realized? What? I never shared my what about this one list. Oh. <laughs> so now that I've shared Peyton's list, here's my what about this one list. I think that that's my fault. It's really not because we started talking about share and... Then I, I'm the one who asked you if you had listened oh, to yeah. shout outs. I just, I skipped. Okay, here we go. My one about this one list is wind chill warning. Go Chiefs GIF. Criminal podcast live tour tickets. Recording a podcast on Zoom. Jemima J. Playoff bracket NFL 2024. Springfield, Missouri. Teacher fatal crash I-44. Very sad. Google searching feature on Android Auto. I just wanted to play my fucking songs in my podcasts. Anyway, now that we've done some things a little bit out of order, we're just out of sorts today. It's okay. Yes, we are. Um, whoa, what was that? I do that. Did I do that? <laughs> oh my god! You know what? I did Urkel earlier this week. I said, "Did I do that to Clint?" That's creepy. Oh, oh Lord. We're such kids of the 90s. Anyway. It is me. I'm like. <gasps> <laughs> Put your mic up again. Ooh.
Move that up a little bit. Okay. Mouth, mouth breather. Good night. Okay. Maybe don't rate and review this episode. No, please don't. <laughs> but how about just rate and review the podcast as a whole and be thankful that we tried today, even though we couldn't do what we would normally do. We are so dedicated to you. We're here doing something very uncomfortable and not as not as fun as usual. Yes, you guys are our besties. Yeah, you're our bestie listeners and we love you. Um, engage with us on social media. Yes, at DTH Gals on Instagram and threads. Correct. Or delete this history on Facebook or email us at delete this history podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. This wasn't as fun as being in the same room with you. Hell no. But, you know, needs must. And I am going to go delete my history. I'm going to delete mine, too. And I'm going to delete this week from my brain. That is a great idea. Hey, I'll see you next week in person. Okay, that sounds great. All right, bye. Bye, 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 bye. (laughs) That was so British. Delete This History is created, written, hosted, produced, and edited by Bria Brown and Kara Birch. Theme music is so good by Orcas. Email us at delete this history podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and threads at DTH Gals and Facebook at Delete This History. Copyright 2024, all rights reserved. Goosebumps and Chillblains provided by Arctic Weather.